Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Today in our time together, I want to talk about a few different things. Like how many people in the world do you think, percentage-wise, believe in the afterlife? Also, I want to talk about different cultures and how they experience the near-death experience. Also, why is it so difficult for us humans to talk about the afterlife? I want to introduce you to a boy named Christian who saw a wizard in his near-death experience and also a Christian boy and how he experienced heaven. To start, I want to talk about our own soul power. As I record this, I'm in my house overlooking the backyard And I have to tell you, I have some very happy birds and squirrels. Of course, I feed them. I have plenty of bird feeders and they eat the scraps from the ground. The cold weather is coming very quickly here to the northeast of the United States. And by the amount of bird seed that I put out every day, I am convinced the birds and the squirrels are hoarding food for the winter. I feel like animals live very much in the present moment, and they're very aware of their surroundings. In our area, there's what's called a Cooper's hawk that preys on small birds and squirrels. Now, I don't know how the birds and squirrels know it, but when there's one of these hawks nearby, everything comes to a standstill. You don't see a bird in sight, and all the squirrels remain perfectly still. All animals live in the moment, even our pets. I don't have any indoor pets right now, but I remember having dogs, and they were always so excited when the family came home. And that's one of the things we love about dogs, isn't it? Unconditional love. I heard a comedian talking about pets not having egos, and this really made me laugh out loud. He says, they aren't sitting around talking to other dogs complaining, I never knew my dad. (laughs) I can't help but wonder, if we human beings didn't spend so much time in our heads worrying about the future or thinking about the past, what we coulda, shoulda, woulda done differently, what kind of instincts might we have? My medium friends teach that we all have soul power, gut instinct, psychic and mediumistic abilities, and the fastest way to strengthen them is to sit in the power. The power being the divine presence that you or I believe in. To quiet our minds and just be still and in that presence. If you're anything like me, right now you have a smartphone, a tablet, or a computer nearby. And you know what it's like, right? When there's very little battery life left in it. We freak out looking for a closest plug to plug in. 
What if we learned to treat ourselves in the same fashion? Once a day for 10 or 15 minutes or more, we plug in. What do you think that would do for your soul? Have you seen the movie March of the Penguins? The great emperor penguins can walk 70 miles, that's over 100 kilometers, to their breeding spot each year. And get this, most of them arrive to the location on the same day. Equally as fascinating are the salmon that go to die where they were born. They can swim hundreds, if not thousands of miles. How do they remember? How do they know? The older I get, I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Our ancient indigenous people were very much like the salmon and the penguins. Each year, groups of tribes would come together, and they'd meet at one location, often showing up on the very same day. If the people who came before us had this kind of instinct, do you think we have it, or do you think we lost it? Or do you think we just don't need it and we don't use it, but it's still a part of us? I know what I believe and I know what I've witnessed. The communication with the so-called dead is real, but it's one of our soul's abilities that we need to train and harness. It's much like a muscle to be strengthened. So before we get into the other talk, I want to just help us all harness a little of this magic. And we're going to build a foundation for miracles. And yes, I said it, miracles. Whether you call them miracles or synchronicities, there are some things that are way too much of a coincidence to be a matter of chance. Also, as we record this, we're going into a time of year that human beings tend to be more sad and gloomy. It'll be winter time where I am. The holiday times are tough. Birthdays, anniversaries, the older we get. And especially if our loved ones have passed or our life just isn't as we'd imagine it be, we do get sad and we do get gloomy. Depending on where we live and the time of the year, we experience these dark days. You know, sunlight makes us feel awake and alive. And too much darkness can really have a negative effect. There are two tricks that I have to share with you, to wake up your soul power and make this foundation for synchronicities, for good things happening, and perhaps even miracles. One is gratitude. The other is sitting in the power. But be mindful, though, we do have an ego. Your ego is going to judge and is probably already judging everything I am saying. Let's all take a second right now and pay attention to that little voice that's in your head right now. I'm going to stop talking for just a moment, and I want you to listen to the voice. Now, if you just heard, what little voice? That's the voice. It's a voice that tells you you aren't good enough, smart enough, young enough, thin enough. It's the voice that tells you to be scared to procrastinate, and say negative things to yourself. Let's be truthful. You're pretty hard on yourself, aren't you? I know this because I am too. We might say, oh, we should be doing this. Oh, we shouldn't be doing that. We should on ourselves far too much, and we make ourselves wrong. We would never say the things we say to ourselves to another person. But why do we say negative things to ourselves? Well, that's not us. That's our ego. 
That's the little voice. It's not going to support you in having your dreams come true. How many people do you know that stay in bad relationships or unfulfilling careers because their voice convinces them not to take a risk? There's an expression that I've heard, better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. But why do we need a devil at all? The ego is trying to convince us not to believe, to be scared of what might happen, and not to take chances. Here's why I'm telling you this, because it might just try to convince you that what I'm going to say next is airy-fairy, new age nonsense. Give it a try, though, and the results might just blow your mind (laughs) in a good way. The first part is gratitude. It's handy to have a notepad or journal by your bed. And the first thing in the morning when we're prone to wake up, maybe not so positively, is to write down 10 things that you're grateful for and really feel the gratitude when you write it down. The magic is in feeling it. And then also pay attention to your day. And before you go to bed at night, just kind of review your day and How was it? Write down the good things that happened and the things that you're grateful for. There's a great book called The Magic by Rhonda Byrne, who wrote the book The Secret. In it is a 28-day gratitude practice. I did it with some friends of mine. We all did it at the very same time. And we all reported back that we had one of the best, most fun, most synchronicities most great things happen and we loved it. But why don't I do this every 28 days? Because I too have an ego, which likes to focus on the negative instead of the positive. The other practice is sitting in the power. Let's again imagine our cell phones. We need to regularly plug them in for them to work, right? And the longer times they are plugged in, things get uploaded and downloaded, keeping the phone in top working order. There's other benefits of sitting in the power, like reduced stress, improved memory, increased attention, stronger willpower, better sleep, less pain, lower blood pressure, less anxiety, less depression, and greater compassion. But it also strengthens your intuition, psychic, and medium abilities. Our deceased loved ones have no problem seeing us and hearing us, But wouldn't it be nice if we could feel their presence, to notice signs coming from them, to have those moments of feeling their love for you? All possible when we sit in the power. Just like going to a gym and starting to lift weights, you don't become a bodybuilder overnight, right? Good things take time, but it's worth it. For me, I close my eyes and imagine a bright white light in my belly a divine light that we all have. I slowly imagine it growing. And eventually it is so bright that it comes out of my pores, filling the room with light. Then I imagine God as another light, usually the sun, and my light blends with its light and we become one. That's it. Then I just let go and focus on my breath. If you become unaware or think you have fallen asleep, that's the place you want to be. There are many ways to sit in the power, but find your own way. Even a simple prayer to God or the universe like, 
I want to sit in your power and be the best human I can be. I'm here to serve. Help me. We'll work just fine. Our intentions are that powerful. Then just go back to paying attention to the breath until you drift away. If you don't and your mind is too busy, that's natural too. Each time is different, but the most important thing is to keep plugging yourself in. And when I say pay attention to the breath, if we pay close attention to our breathing in and breathing out, it can slow down or stop that mind chatter. So that's a great tool anytime we need to slow down. We're going to head to the break and talk about different cultures and different near-death experiences when we come back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminesce for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminesce today with our postage-paid starter kit for only $19.99, available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminesce. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Time flies. In a blink, 2024 is halfway over. What's something you've accomplished this year that you're proud of? Maybe you made it out of bed and to work every day. Or maybe you started shedding some old habits that were weighing you down. But even when you're making progress, life can feel like it's moving too fast. No one can slow time down, but therapy can give you a moment every week to hit pause, set intentions, and reset. Therapy is a guaranteed time to check in on how you're feeling, what you want to do more of, and what you want to change. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. You can start the sign-up process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Take a moment with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash shades. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. When we look at the near-death experience, 
do certain cultures see different things? For instance, will a Christian see Jesus? Will a Buddhist see Buddha? Will an atheist see no divine being at all? It does seem like there's a plan for us when we cross over to make it as comfortable as possible. As with any journey we haven't been on before, our mind will be fearful of what happens next. I'm pleased to tell you that the only one not allowed to board this flight to the afterlife is that little negative voice in our heads. We keep our personality, of course, but not the negative chatter. Entering the afterlife seems to be designed to keep us comfortable with things that are familiar to us. We start with deceased loved ones and sometimes angels who we see the moments before we pass. There are countless stories of people who are saying names of their loved ones with smiles on their faces and reaching out their hands as if someone is taking them across the veil. A cross-cultural study had focused on these deathbed visitations. In this study, the researchers had examined the visions of approximately 440 terminally ill American and Indian patients, as described to their doctors and nurses. The most common feature, which occurred in 91% of the cases, was seeing deceased relatives. In 140 cases, there were reports of seeing religious figures, usually described as an angel or God. Where these were specifically identified, they were always described according to the person's religious beliefs. No Hindu reported seeing Jesus, and no Christian a Hindu deity. It's comforting to know that no one dies alone. What we see next can be different for all of us, but there are some things that remain the same. We feel out of our bodies. We are joined by loved ones who have passed before. We feel a presence of a great light or God. We feel safe, comfortable in surroundings that feel very much like earth and the life we left behind. We do bring our religious beliefs with us, at least for a little while. One lady I met told me the story of her father who had a near-death experience. He had always believed in God and the Bible and cherished his religion. However, he went to war and saw complete brutality and many people suffer and die. He came back from war, not believing that there could possibly be any kind of a God that would let this kind of torture happen to people. He gave up his religious beliefs and led a cold, hard life, until he had a near-death experience. He was greeted by loved ones, he saw the light, he saw all those who had perished being happy and whole and complete. He felt the most profound, unconditional love and reviewed his life up until then, and saw the difference he made. He came back being a believer in the good of humanity, his love for people, for God, and for life. Throughout history, there are people of all different religions experiencing different things. In one study carried out in 1985, the experiences of 16 Asian Indians had been compared with those of Americans, and it had been found that the Indians had encountered their Hindu king of the dead, while the Americans had not. I spoke with Dr. Rajiv Parthi, author of Dying to Wake Up, a world-renowned cardiac anesthesiologist with over 30 years as a doctor. He described himself as not a nice person. 
He was all about fame and fortune and a big house and the most expensive cars. He said he had no compassion for people that he was administering anesthesia to and putting to sleep before surgery. He had a near-death experience. He explained the hell he witnessed as if he could feel the pain he put other people through by his uncompassionate ways. But then a tiny bit of white light in the dark void appeared. He began praying. The white light became brighter and brighter until he was filled with unconditional love and felt as if he was deeply loved. Jesus was there. His wife asks, why not the Hindu gods that his religion believed in? Who knows? But Dr. Partee turned his life around to waking people up and sharing the good word about the reality of the afterlife and how to live a good, powerful life instead of putting people to sleep. Dr. Mary Neal, who shares her story back on our episode 24, had been trapped underwater for a long period of time during a kayaking accident. And she saw Jesus, who foretold of her future, which came true. Interesting, isn't it? A gentleman by the name of Dwayne had a near-death experience that took place back in 1981 when he was 41 years old. Before his experience, he describes himself as an agnostic who had no spiritual beliefs. He believed it would all be over when he died and looked forward to the oblivion. After his NDE, Dwayne came to believe there is nothing to fear in death. It's just the beginning of a new adventure another chance to express yourself differently with souls you have loved and cherished over many lifetimes and realms. Now I imagine death as being an e-ticket to the ultimate theme park, and I am the only one which selects which park to experience. I also select the rides while I'm there. The rides can be scary or peaceful and loving. It's always my choice. And if you don't like the ride you're on, you get off and find one that is more towards your liking the next time around. After all, when God created humans in his likeness, he promised an eternity of joy and happiness. Since eternity is such a long time and has no beginning or end, it covers all time everywhere. The Reverend George Redonia died in 2004 and underwent one of the most extended cases of a near-death experience ever recorded. Pronounced dead immediately after he was hit by a car, he was left for dead three days in a morgue. He did not return to life until a doctor began to make an incision in his abdomen as part of an autopsy procedure. Prior to his near-death experience, he worked as a neuropathologist, He was also a devout atheist. Yet, after his experience, he devoted himself exclusively to the study of spirituality, taking a second doctorate in the psychology of religion. He then became an ordained priest in the Eastern Orthodox Church, and then served as a pastor at St. Paul United Methodist Church in Texas. Without a doubt, the most interesting group of individuals that report near-death experiences are kids. Some investigators have argued that adults might have imagined their near-death experiences based on their own personal, cultural, and religious views. But published studies have shown that children are too young to have formed an opinion regarding the afterlife or even death itself. 
Were children's experiences the same as those adults or different in some way? To date, the most research on near-death experiences in children has been done by Dr. Melvin Morse, an American pediatrician. He has looked at many critically ill children admitted to the intensive care unit and had found that some had in fact described near-death experiences. These experiences had shared many of the same features as those of adults, separating from the body, watching events, feeling peaceful, seeing a bright light and beings of light, but had often described in children's terminology and during the course of play, sometimes over many months. The children's interpretations of what they saw had been based on their own level of comprehension, but it was nevertheless clear that they had had similar experiences to adults. Significantly, although some of the children described by Morse had been around nine or 10 years old, others had been very young, three to five years old. This group was certainly too young to have any real concept of death in the afterlife. In one of his published scientific articles, Morse had quoted a number of children's NDEs. An eight-year-old boy who had almost drowned after his parents' car had swerved off an icy road into a river in Washington had reported, I could see the car filling up with water, and it covered me all up. Then everything went blank. Suddenly, I was floating in the air. I felt like I could swim in the air. He was surprised to still be thinking, as he knew he must have died. He continued, Then I floated into the huge noodle. Well, I thought it was a noodle, but maybe it was a tunnel. Yeah, it must have been a tunnel because a noodle doesn't have a rainbow in it. A five-year-old girl whose heart had stopped had reported, I rose up in the air and I saw a man like Jesus because he was nice and he was talking to me. I saw dead people, grandmas and grandpas, and babies waiting to be born. I saw a light like a rainbow, which told me who I was and where I should go. And Jesus told me it wasn't my time to die. The youngest case ever to be reported in the literature was that of a six-month-old baby. This baby had been admitted to the intensive care unit at the Massachusetts General Hospital with severe kidney failure. He had survived and had been discharged home with his parents. As he was growing up, his parents noticed that whenever he went through a tunnel, he would have a panic attack. This happened, for example, if they were driving through a tunnel or when the child was playing and his siblings went through a playground tunnel. Eventually, when he was four, his parents had attempted to explain the imminent death of his grandfather And he had said that he had died too and had related his experience back when he was six months old in the ICU. A four-year-old boy named Tom had a near-death experience after an intestinal blockage, which brought him to the hospital. His dad, Gary, said it was touch and go, but Tom survived. A few months later, Gary had asked Tom which park he'd like to go to to play. Tom responded, I want to go to the one through the tunnel that I went to when I was in the hospital. There was a park with lots of children and swings and things with a white fence around it. 
I tried to climb over the fence, but this man stopped me and said I wasn't to come yet. And he sent me back down the tunnel, and I was back in the hospital again. We'll be back in just a minute with a story you may know. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're talking about children and their near-death experiences. Now, here's a story you probably know, and you've heard of the book or the movie, Heaven is for Real, a little boy's astounding story of his trip to heaven and back, written by Todd Burpo, the father. It was written back in 2010, and I have a clip from an interview with them just after the book was published. Two years later, the book went on to sell 1 million copies. Two years after that, it had sold more than 10 million copies. The story is remarkable, and I'll let you listen to Todd and his son Colton in their own words. Well, I'd just like to say hello. My name is Todd Burpo, and I just finished writing this book, Heaven is for Real. We were on this trip to celebrate the end of my my, uh, time of testing, we thought, and Colton gets sick. And they put him in the hospital, they start hydrating him, but they still treat him for the flu. And eventually, we just start seeing our son waste away. I mean, he's in agony, uh, throwing up all the time, he's in pain, he's, he's sitting there dehydrating. Uh, I think he lost about five or six pounds. Now, at that time, he's only 33 pounds. That's a big percentage of body mass. 
You know, one of the bad things as a pastor that I have to do is I've been beside many people's bedsides in their, in their last days. And you see these signs, and as a parent, I was just dying because I'm starting to see this in my toddler. It's like, hey, wait a minute. So out of panic and desperation, we, we go to the next biggest hospital closest to us, and they order a CT scan. And there they confirm at that point in time that his, his appendix had ruptured. And um, that night, uh, people in our church got together and came together, and people in town, they invited. And we weren't there. We were with our son, but we hear there was about almost 70 people showed up just to pray. Then that night, he everything starts working again. He gets up. He starts playing. You know, I, I remember when the doctor came in the room the next morning. He, he came in slow. He came in cautiously, and they just saw Colton sitting there, sitting up there playing with these toys. and. And, and, and not sitting there rolling in pain like he was the day before, you know, and he's kind of like, what happened? I remember uh, one nurse pulled me aside and said, uh, Mr. Burpo, you know, we don't know what happened, but this is a miracle. And so we thought at that point in time, okay, God answered prayer. We knew we had a miracle. We get to go home. You know, a lot of people wonder why it took so long for us to hear about or to know what happened to Colton, but in Colton's defense, you know, he tried to talk to me in the hospital. That first night when we came out of surgery, he said, Dad, do you know I almost died? It scared me to death. I mean, I'm sitting here praying. I'm sitting here uh, praying, God, give us a miracle. And I, I knew the frustration, and, and I could tell how tired my son was getting. And I was afraid he was going to quit on me and give up. And I'm like, son, no, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to quit. We're going to pray. You keep fighting. You're going to get better. I changed the subject. I didn't, I thought maybe, okay, he'd overheard a nurse say something while he was under anesthesia or something. My first reaction is, okay, they were saying something they didn't, I had no idea where, and I think there was another time in the hospital too where he said, dad, you know, I almost died. You know, as a parent, I was prepared to kind of talk to my kids about sex, but I was not prepared to talk to my three year old about dying scared me to death and I changed the subject both times and so it wasn't till months after we got out of the hospital that we finally clued in when he started talking about the angels singing to him in, in, in the hospital. First I remember the angels carrying me to heaven and then I remember seeing Jesus. He had a rough kind face, sea blue eyes that were really pretty and a smile that helped light the heavens. So I tried to talk to my parents about Jesus loves the little children so much because, well, Jesus told me about to tell my parents that. And finally, my parents say, okay, enough, we've heard it enough, because almost every second I get, I'd say, oh yeah, and Dad, Jesus really loves children. Oh, yeah, and Mom, Jesus loves the little children. I felt myself just lifting up, and then I could look down and see people. I saw my mom in one room talking on her cell phone and trying to get people to pray for me since I was in, a sur in surgery. Then I could see my dad in a little room all by himself, just letting God have it. Well, I was just sitting by the Holy Spirit, and then a man walks up to me, and he says, Are you Todd's son? I say, Yes. He says, Well, that's my grandson. So that's where I met Pop. He talked about people in heaven. Um, my, my granddad, 
when he can recognize a picture of my granddad taken in the 1940s, hey, how'd you get a picture of Pop? He'd never seen it before, and but knew that was Pop, and he, he can't recognize my grandmother who's still alive in that picture, but he could recognize the relative he never saw. Again, how do you explain that by earthly measures? I can't. And then those revelations as he would share them and come in, and, and we call him, he, he'd say he'd come in and drop bombs on us, you know. It just, he'd catch us off, off guard, and he, he'd share something else he saw, you know, and he'd describe the Trinity to me. God the Father, God the Son, uh, the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to get the throne room of God, because that's where they all were most of the time. So then God, he was just a, he was the biggest person there is in heaven. And he would sit in the middle. And then Jesus would sit onto his right, man size, like, I'm not sure how tall, but somewhere around man size. And then the Holy Spirit, I forgot where he sat in the throne room, but he was sort of bluish and hard to see, but you knew he was there. And I saw Jesus, Pop, which is my great-grandfather, my older sister, who's already there, um... I saw Samson, King David, and John the Baptist, John the Baptist, Michael, and Gabriel. Those are the ones that I remember. Uh, now, I believe God can do amazing miracles today. Anything in the scripture, I mean, he hasn't lost any power or desire to, to perform those things. But I had never thought this would happen to me. I don't know who, who would. And so we were caught by surprise, but... Being close to Colton, it was easy for us to check it out and finally go, this is true. And so when people have skepticism and from a distance, I understand that because they're not as close as we are, you know, to be able to, to verify this. My wife probably explains it really well. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we got these revelations and conversations from our son over time. They were spontaneous. He'd say, I saw this. I went there like he came in the room, you know. We didn't try to pull it out of him because we didn't know what he had and hadn't seen. We didn't know what questions to ask. And so we really were just waiting on him to share. And then it took us time to process. When, when you sit down and read the book, you're getting many conversations in two hours that we got in two years, you know. So it was a lot easier on us to process than someone who just sits down and reads it in one setting. I just want them to know that heaven is for real and they're going to like it because they're going to meet relatives and Jesus. It's been a number of years since I read the book, Heaven is for Real, or watched the movie, but I do remember that no one had told young Colton that he had had a sister who died before he was born. He met her, knew his relatives that he had not met before, and saw all the religious figures. Like those of adults, the near-death experiences of even very small children contain some usual components, such as the tunnel or the noodle, a bright light, meeting dead relatives, out-of-body experiences, seeing a beautiful garden, and coming to a barrier and being ordered to return to life. The most common component children report is an overwhelming sense of happiness. An intensive care nurse who has also done extensive research on near-death experiences, said, 
I've personally come across many such cases. If a child is a bit older, though, he may also say he feels the need to return to Earth in order to accomplish something in his life. This is what happened to Natasha, who is deaf. She said, The voice kept calling me into a bright light. At the age of nine, she had a severe bout with whooping cough that the doctor had told her parents she was unlikely to survive the night. She was at home and fast asleep when she was awakened by a bright light. The light was spilling into the room around the edge of the door, and I could hear my name being called, even though I'm profoundly deaf. I got up to see what the light was and turned around to see myself in the bed asleep. But the voice kept calling me, so I opened the bedroom door, and it was just this pure, brilliant white light. I stepped into it and kept walking towards the voice. I was just walking in the light. There wasn't anything else. Then I was in a room and realized that there was a presence behind me. He had put a hand on my shoulder, but told me not to turn around. I had to go back, he said, because I was important and I had a job to do. The next day, the crisis in Natasha's illness had passed, but she didn't tell anyone about her experience for many years. I thought they'd think I was lying or crazy, she said. The NDE remained vivid in her mind, and although she's not religious, she says it's given her inner strength and belief, as though I am here for a reason. Dr. Melvin Morse followed 30 of his children that had had near-death experiences, many whom had had visions when their hearts had stopped. They appeared now to be living perfect lives. They were good at schoolwork. They were mentally stable. They had empathy for others, and not one of them had become addicted to drugs or alcohol. Many of the kids considered themselves to be spiritual. However, their spirituality was different from the religion they were brought up with. In a few cases, church ministers had actually complained that children who had these near-death experiences were disruptive because they had asked questions that the ministers had not been able to answer. We're going to take our final break now, and when we come back, we'll meet a boy who saw a wizard in his near-death experience and talk about the belief in the afterlife within different cultures and different religions of the world. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey, it's time to head over to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand... 
accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. Hearing near-death experiences, especially from children, is of huge comfort to all of us. Experiences differ, and that makes perfect sense to me. There are billions of people on Earth right now, and if you were to ask each one to describe life, each one would have a different explanation. It's different from the lives we've led and our different experiences and our different perspectives. What we experience in the near-death experience is no different. Many say that we are not completely dead when we have an NDE. There is something, some call it a silver cord, that keeps us connected to life. A small percentage of near-death experiencers have negative experiences. Our ego and subconscious minds can still be at play, and it can feel like our biggest fears are coming true. A man I used to work with described his near-death experience after he tried to commit suicide. What he experienced in his mind was so scary that he realized he desperately wanted to live. Was it his subconscious or a signal to him to understand how valuable life is? Throughout all my years of investigation, though, once that silver cord is cut, we are happy healthy, alive, and well, greeted by our loved ones and pets in the unseen world. Our life continues, we continue chasing our dreams, and all is well. In the last segment, you heard from a Christian boy named Colton. Now I want to introduce you to a boy named Christian and his experience that he shared with Oprah. My next guest says that he did visit the other side, was saved by a mysterious wizard. His name is Christian Davis, and his mother is Marcia Davis. What happened, Christian? Well, um, I was down the beach before summer started, and the water was too cold to swim in, so I dig holes or tunnels in the sand. And this time I chose to dig a tunnel. And um, after it was over, I called my mom over to see and look at it. She said that was great, but you couldn't go in. It was too dangerous. So You went in anyway. <laughs> no, um... She said to get ready to go and that we'll be leaving soon. So I got my stuff together and I noticed there was, um, like, some, not even a crack um, in the top. So I went to pat it up because um, I didn't want to wreck it. <laughs> so, um, and it caved in on me. Hmm. And um, I thought usually I've been buried from the waist down maybe and I could get out. But the more I squeezed, the more the sand compacted on me. Yeah, Ooh. so you tried to scream and your 
lungs got filled with sand. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? Well, I faded out, like, from reality, and I was just being brought up this tunnel of light, brightness, and um, up this tunnel, I just, like, noticed parts of my life that I wouldn't even occur to me to remember if what? I was alive. Like what? Um, I saw when I was at Christmas when I was about four years old, and um, I saw my mom digging me out and my mom driving to the hospital. And then I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't in my body and that I was dead, close to death at least. And so then I came to the end of this tunnel and noticed there was a man that first, because of his robes and white robes and bright light, um, occurred to me at first as a wizard-like man. And I also saw relatives that had died that year, or um, such as my friend, or um, his name's Ryan, and he's um he died in a he drowned in a pool, and um, you saw him? Yeah. Yes. Did he speak to you? No, he no? was too. And um, then the wizard, without moving his mouth, spoke to me and said, "Struggle, you're too young to die, and you'll go back." It's not your time yet. And all of a sudden I opened my eyes and this I was going down this hall in the hospital to the ICU, intensive care unit. So what made you tell? Because, you know, most kids who have this experience, unless questioned thoroughly by somebody who's interested in this kind of thing, don't tell. Why did you tell? Well, first, um, didn't re I didn't remember it, but I went into the CAT scan, and by that time I was afraid of needles and everything and I got in there and the bright light came and said nothing's gonna happen you're gonna be okay you're gonna go back and I fell asleep so are you saying the light talked yeah mm -hmm. and what, do you, what do you make of all this Marsha well it was interesting because when he had to have the CAT scan he was very very <clears throat> upset and nervous um, almost to the point of crying and, uh, you know, the nurses and I tried to talk to him. And when he did go in to have the CAT scan, he was out in like five minutes. And the nurse said, I can't believe it. He fell right asleep. It was about 15 minutes after that, back in intensive care, when he looked at me. And he was very calm and very peaceful. And he said, I saw God in the machine. And I said, what do you mean? And at this point, he hadn't mentioned anything about a wizard. And he said, I saw God in the machine. And I said, did he speak to you? And he said, yes. And he said to, uh, everything's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. And then he continued with, I saw God in the tunnel. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, there was a very bright light. And I just started to shake because I knew a little bit about near-death experiences. And very slowly, the story unfolded from that point that he saw deceased members of our family and a friend, and, and uh, I just started to cry because I knew it was a miracle. That clip gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. It is so important for us people to be able to talk to other people about our beliefs. When near-death experiences first started being shared openly in the 70s, people had a real hard time believing them until... Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life, came out.
That book helped open the door and introduce something that so many people had experienced that just weren't openly talking about it. It's so hard to talk about the afterlife, although so many people believe in it. Again, like we talked about at the beginning, that negative mind of ours does not want to take risks. But without risks, there are no rewards. I invite you, if you're on Facebook, to join our Facebook community. There are now over 6,000 people that belong. Most have experienced grief and wanted to look for some answers. And thankfully, we're able to openly talk about grief, our belief in the afterlife, signs that we've received, and it's a really good place to call home. So if you're interested and you're a user of Facebook, you can go to wedontdie.com, click on the tab that says Facebook group, and please join us. We also have a weekly Sunday gathering, which I think is a fabulous thing. We humans don't need a near-death experience to wake us up and shake us up to help us live a powerful life. Each week, we talk about great subjects. There's a theme. They're inspirational. We have fun. And during each one, we have a medium demonstration. So your loved one could come through and talk with you. You can also find that at wedontdie.com. There's so much there. I'm not going to go into all the major world religions. If you want to read more about that, you can read a free copy of my book and I talk about it. Something like 70 to 80% of the open major world religions have a belief in the afterlife. Some believe in heaven, some believe in reincarnation. There are agnostics who believe in something, but not quite sure it's God. There's even atheists that have, as we've heard, experienced something divine in a near-death experience, but as they live, they believe in something. They believe in some sort of energy that runs through all of us. One of my hopes and dreams is that we stop being afraid of what people think and that we're open to be who we truly are. We need to express ourselves. We need to find our tribe. There's a book called What to Expect When You're Expecting that is like a handbook for ladies who are pregnant. I'd like to see when someone dies or someone has a life-threatening illness that it's normal to hand them a book about the afterlife. If you want a free copy of my book, again, go to wedontdie.com scroll down to the bottom, join my email list. It says you get a few chapters of the book. The truth, it's the whole book. I don't want anything to stop you from getting this information. If you prefer an audiobook, just go to the store page, scroll down, and use coupon code FREE, F-R-E-E, and listen to the audiobook. Life goes by pretty fast, and the older we get, we sure do know that, don't we? Isn't it time you are free to express yourself? Be the person you were meant to be. You are one of a kind. There's nobody like you on earth. Your thoughts matter. Your feelings matter. Your dreams matter. And you can just be yourself. There's something so comforting about just being yourself, not listening to that little voice that says you should do this or you shouldn't do that. I think this concept might be hard for us to grasp, 
But what if we did live life like we were dying? I mean, in fact, we are, right? The older we get. But if we went to bed at night, really looking at our lives, did we say the things we wanted to say to people? Did we do the things that we wanted to do? Did we love the way we wanted to love? I personally believe that where we are in this very moment is the place we need to be. Don't go back and think about the past and don't go thinking about the future. The magic really is in this present moment. Unwrap it, savor it, and miracles are possible. So if you'd like to review, rewind, listen to segment one again, now that hopefully we've put that little voice of negativity in the back seat, and try those exercises on gratitude and sitting in the power and see what opens up for you and your life. Keep a journal because you'll be amazed at what happens. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I really want to thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.